You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 38. Dr. Shane and Liz Watt. We are doing this podcast because we are trying to bring knowledge and education to create a new way of thinking about our health. Knowledge is the key to a happy, healthy life, and our goal is to help you live your best life. So join us and let's learn together. We want to welcome Sinead Irwin out to the podcast today, and we're so blessed to be able to have her and her knowledge to be able to share with our audience. She is a functional nutritionalist and is a personal advocate for living an energized, healthy, vibrant life, something we all really want to have. She empowers coaches and guides her clients in their quest for health and to have healing um, at a higher quality of life, which is so important. Um, Her specialists include weight management, digestive issues, stress management, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, fatigue, autoimmune diseases, and chronic illness. So basically everything that's wrong with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So Sinead, I know that you didn't get to this part by just um, saying you're going to be this, but what are some of the ways that, what is, what is your background? How, what led you here and what are the, the educational experiences you've had to be able to get Uh, you to this point to be a functional nutritionist? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, so it's uh, it's been a long journey. So I, I started out as an investment banker. I, so I'm Irish. Um, and I yeah, you had to say that because people are going to say, hey, I'm hearing something. I'm hearing something. <laughs> Just in case there are a few words that I miss, that I pronounce that you don't understand. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I was an investment banker when I lived in um, Amsterdam and in London. And um, although I love that world, I knew it wasn't my complete passion. Um, I've had lots of health issues over the years, like as a teenager in early 20s. And I always tried to self-diagnose and and do my own research to figure out what my body needed to heal. So you're using and, uh, Dr. Google. Well, <laughs> a few other, a few other more qualified doctors, but yeah. um functional doctors. Uh, so I am completely living symptom free. And uh, so, so uh, as a result of my own healing journey, I, I thought, wow, there really some, is something to this, um, uh, you know, food and lifestyle uh, therapies. So um, I went back to do my master's in New York uh, in holistic wellness so that I could help other people heal the way I had. And so then about eight years ago, I moved to Salt Lake and set up my own practice um, where I now um, help people heal from their physical and mental emotional symptoms through through nutrition, supplements and lifestyle changes. Excellent. So what are the different schools that you went to then? Um, I did my master's with a college called Clayton College and um, that was online at the time because I was having my I've got three uh, incredible sons and so I was having them and raising them as I was doing my master's in Manhattan and um, so Clayton College was the first one and then I did a year with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and that allowed me to certify as a holistic health practitioner and I've done other uh, other specialities through um, through the National Academy for Sports Medicine um and and various other schools so it's a continuous learning process because a lot of this information is is just now coming to light like there's more and more research being done on this stuff um 
so we've got to stay on top of it. And so it's a constant case of education. And and the reality is, if you don't stay on top of it, you it's crazy how quick you forget. There's that. Yeah. And also, the more I know, the more I can help other people heal, Absolutely. the more I can empower other people to, you know, to get better. So, um, yeah. One of the and biggest parts of being a functional nutritionist nutritionalist if I can get that out right nutritionist not nutritionalist <laughs> that's right nutritionist is that there's the gut brain connection can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that and how you've been able to help your clients with that yeah so it really does all start in the gut so you know those sayings like oh you got a gut feeling or you feel sick to your stomach or you got butterflies in your stomach so this gut brain connection is not a, a new phenomenon you know, Hippocrates many thousands of years ago told us that all disease begins in the gut, right? And so yep. he had a point, but we're really only now starting to listen. So the gut and the brain are connected via the vagus nerve and via the enteric nervous system. So the vagus nerve starts in the brain, travels through the neck and the thorax and ends up in the stomach, right? So that's the first connection. But the second connection is where a lot, a lot of the stuff happens. So the enteric nervous system is the second way that the gut and brain are connected. Um, it, the enteric nervous system starts in the esophagus and ends up in the rectum. It's about like nine meters long. So it's like if you unravel or insides, it's, it mm -hmm. takes up the length of tennis court. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. But anyway, in this lining of the enteric nervous system, by the way, which is now called the second brain, right. and we'll see why in a second, is because we have 500 million neurons or nerve cells living there. 500 million in the gut, right? We only have 100 million in the brain, okay? Um, so that's, that's pretty fascinating. So these neurons or nerve cells are responsible for receiving messages or sensory input from the outside world and sending commands to our muscles. So that's all going on in our gut, right? Our, in our enteric nervous system. But not only, not only do we have all those billions of nerve cells in there, but we're supposed to have about a hundred trillion beneficial, beneficial bacteria. So like gut flora, right? These like little, little microbugs. And so this is, that's why it's called the microbiome. The job of this microbiome is to, uh, to it controls our immune system, right? 80% of our immune system is in the gut or the microbiome or the enteric nervous system. There's so many names for it now. If you think about that, 80% of our immune system resides in there. And that's what's responsible for fighting off infection, inflammation, disease, okay? So if that's not working properly, How's the body supposed to function properly? Okay. Well, the crazy thing is, is those the that gut mi well, microbiome and that information is what also sends message to the brain and sends different things that people don't even realize. It sends like the cravings. It sends the lack of cravings. It says, "Hey, I'm hungry." You know, all those things, and also what to have, right? I mean, because there's bugs <laughs> want certain things. Yeah, it's it's the craziest thing. We actually spoke. That was our first kind of intro into this. We spoke on gut health and the microbiome about five years ago at a conference no one had a clue it was kind of before that whole name even came into existence and that's kind uh -huh. of actually what started us on the journey of doing the conference right um but it's just crazy because it's like there's and there's and it was just all new it's like yeah bugs are good 
It's like, what? Yeah. No. We, want, we want them. Yeah. So because if that if that microbiome is compromised, then our physical health is compromised, but also our mental emotional health is compromised. Because remember, we said at the beginning that the gut and the brain are connected via the vagus nerve. So if we don't have a healthy gut microflora population going on in there, right. the gut's not able to send those messages to the brain that it needs to. Yeah, the neuro, neurotransmitters, why, yeah. Exactly, and that's why, that's why we've got more and more studies now showing that if the microbiome is compromised, we're more prone to stress, anxiety, depression, and that's only the tip of the iceberg, right? Because then if we don't pay attention to what's going on, we leave ourselves more vulnerable to more chronic disease right like chronic depression alzheimer's dementia all of these things so the hidden brain in the gut is really revolution revolutionizing our understanding now of digestive as well as uh, mental emotional health um no that's that is so true and it's i mean people are starting to understand it and you know that it's starting to get out there when the drug manufacturers are starting to use those terminology too right yeah. <laughs> when they're when they're like you know this is housed in the gut you know this is why yeah. you take this medication you know kind of thing great great well, marketing tool indeed well yeah. we're talking about the gut and so what do you feel is causing the most um digestive problems that people are having in the gut oh my goodness i deal with that question every day i would put it down to two main factors stress and food okay Let's start with the stress aspect first. So look at all the stressors we're faced in our lives all day, every day. We've got, we've got career, financial, children, spouses, you know, pollution, traffic, all of these constant stressors that are bombarding us. Now, if you think of what our lives were like, you know, way back when in our hunter-gatherer days, we were, let's say we were being chased by a wild animal. The body would release stress hormone cortisol to give us the energy to flee okay now assume, assuming we escaped unscathed our cortisol levels were allowed to relax back to normal levels and we're back okay. to picking up the the, the plants to, in the garden and kind of things yeah doing, doing what we were put on this planet to do <clears throat> but if you look at what our lives are like now with the constant stressors we have these constant releases of our stress hormone cortisol now the problem there is that our DNA has not evolved to our changes in our lifestyle, okay? So now we've got all this cortisol floating around. That's creating an inflammatory response because inflammation is just the body's protective mechanism. Mm -hmm. But if the body thinks it's constantly under threat because of all of these stressors and hence cortisol releases, it creates this constantly elevated state of inflammation. The problem with that is inflammation is the breeding ground for lots of, of our illnesses and diseases, right? Well, and also when our cortisol levels are messed up, then our sleeping's messed up. And if, we, if our bodies aren't able to recover properly, because that's when we do it is during sleep. Right. If you don't sleep well, I mean, it's it just so it's just everything's so correlated. And that's I think that's what's so important about a functional approach, yes. because if you look at the medical approach, they're like, OK, you're having a problem sleeping. Oh, take this. Oh, you're having a problem with digestion. Here, take this. If you have a problem with this, oh, take this. Right. They don't yes. look at the big picture of the whole thing. They look at the symptom and what drug can we give for that symptom? Yeah, and I love that um, that response because really stre uh, um, stress is number one. No, sleep is number one, right? If we're not sleeping properly, we can eat all the kale and wild salmon salads in the world, right? But the body's going to absorb nothing, 
right? Yeah. Sleeping, sleeping is when we, as you said, cleanse, heal, and repair. It's also when we when we start to produce our human growth hormone, right. which we need for optimal health, for optimal weight, all of these things, for our brains to function properly. If we're if we're surviving on just a few hours sleep a night, or you know we're in bed for eight hours, but we're not getting into that deep delta healing phase of sleep, nothing's going to get better, right? Right. So I don't know so, if you knew this, but I'm a chiropractor. And so a lot of times people will say, well, I think it my thing, I hurt my neck because I'm stressed. I'm like, and my answer always is like, stress doesn't cause a condition, it aggravates the condition. Right. Exactly. Completely agreed. Yeah. So stress stress is like because we're all stressed, right? You're fat, you're stressed, you're skinny, you're stressed, you're employed, you're stressed, you're unemployed, you're stressed. You have kids, you don't have. I mean, every we're we're in a society of everything stressful, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody deals with stress in, in different ways. And we'll get on to that later in the later when it comes to the uh, the uh, what we can do to heal. Um, but the other the other major cause of all of you know a disrupted microbiome or digestive distress is of course foods or what I like to call them non-foods, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what comes out of a box? So so the body does not differentiate between uh, physical stress and mental emotional stress, right? It still reacts the same way with the cortisol release. So uh, when, when the body sees food coming that's not identifiable by the human body as food, right? I.e. refined, packaged, processed, you know, allergen foods that we're, uh, that we're surviving of, uh, it still deems them as a threat to the body. So whenever, whenever your body deems anything as a threat, it creates the same inflammatory response, right? So the, the, the most common allergens that cause all of this, you know, uh, microbiome disruption are foods like gluten. And actually I'd put or the vast majority of grains in there now. I don't like the way they've been so cross hybridized, genetically modified. Genetically modified, yeah. Just, and people, that's, that's a whole nother ball of wax, right? Everyone doesn't understand the genetically modified, but in a nutshell, if it's been changed, our bodies aren't, don't have the ability to cope with that change. And so we don't know how to process, digest it and take nutrients from it. Correct. Correct. Because our DNA has not evolved to the changes in our food supply. Um, so, so the gluten and refined grains, they're two big ones. Sugar and artificial sweeteners wreak havoc too with our uh, with the, the bacteria population in our gut. Um, the inflammatory oils like your soy, safflower, sunflower, all of those like high omega three rich or sorry omega six rich right. inflammatory oils. Um, and then you got your pasteurized cow's dairy, right, which seems to be in so many of our foods now cause havoc. Well, the crazy thing is how many things that quote are healthy have all this yeah. crap oil in them. It's like, this, I, I don't understand it. I, I guess it's all about dollars and cents, right? Because it's cheaper. But, you know, they're in the healthy aisle. They're in the natural aisle. And then you look yeah. at the ingredients and it has these garbage for oils. And it's like, what the heck? Yeah. So that, that's something I do a lot with clients. I'll literally take them around the store and we will pick up products and just read the ingredients. And I'll teach them how to, you know, what to look for, how to differentiate between, you know, a, you know, a, a, a beneficial product and a, a non, you know, a destructive product. Because um, it does, so, it, it all starts with reading that label just at the very oh. beginning, because, and if you don't understand what it is, like we have a son, he reads every label. He hasn't had sugar in five years. He's only 16. <laughs> so think about that. I mean, that's it, impressive. 
That's very impressive. Yeah. But when you start reading it, you start noticing all the sugars in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How they're hidden and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, Liz, tell me about that little app you have. I don't know if you got this or not, but it's kind of cool. It's, it's called an app. It's called Yuka. And it's just one you can just download. But you can scan the barcodes of all of these different products. Of course, mm-hmm. you're not going to be on, you know, we call them the natural God food that, are, you know, it's not the ones you're growing, but everything is in packages and it you can start to see, you know, is this, it rates them is, out of a hundred and all of a sudden you'll get like a five out of a hundred or, and then it'll tell you why it's not good because it has these things that are not healthy for you in it. And it's kind uh-huh. of amazing. Some, we were just looking at like a protein bar, right? Yeah. We were just around. Costco and we're just starting scanning to see what, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, and it's like, Whoa, Whoa. You know? And they're all co- proclaimed to be healthy. Right. Oh yeah. Well, it's all about the marketing for sure. It yeah. is. Uh-huh. Um, so getting back to like these allergens why like why do we need to care about them so what happens is when we're when we're eating foods like that like particularly gluten that's one of the worst ones we can eat it stimulates this production of zonulin in the in the gut and what zonulin does is if you can imagine like when we're born when we're babies our intestine walls are nice and intact like nice and tight like that right tight junctions exactly so so we're able to absorb all the nutrients from food and you know everything's good but the more we're exposed to stress and also these stressy foods so like your gluten sugar etc we start to produce zonulin and that creates that these holes in our intestine walls right but it relaxes the tight junctions so now we've got leaky gut or intestinal permeability right now when we eat those foods they're being shot out through these holes in our gut and now they end up in our tissue and in our blood supply not supposed to be there but remember we said at the beginning that the body is a miracle it will do whatever it takes to protect you so it sees these threatening foods coming creates antibodies to protect us from them now we've got a whole host of autoimmune issues right Mm -hmm. now we've got a completely compromised uh, gut lining so now there's no there's no connect there's no information being sent to the brain so now we've got more and more stress, anxiety, depression. And it's a repeating cycle. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to correct you on one thing, because you said when we're born, the sad thing is, is a lot of kids are being born because of their mom's diet, because of all That's the drugs true. that are now okay to take when you're pregnant, because of all the everything else. Yeah, I don't know how healthy these babies guts are. And I think that's part of the reason why they have, you know, the kids that have reactions to things is because exactly. of it. the allergies. Exactly. And, and more and more kids been born, babies been born by C-section, right? Where they're not, they're not, they're not getting those. They're not getting vag- that first gla- vaginal flora. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, another, another thing um, that we need to watch out for with, um, uh, with the creation of the leaky gut through eating the, the stressy foods is that the more, the more leaky our gut not only the more insulin resistant we become, but the more leptin resistant. Leptins are satiety hormone, right? Right. So so you ever feel like when you eat like a high carby kind of meal or whatever, 30 minutes later, you feel hungry, okay? It's not that we're hungry, it's we're, we're nutrient deficient and we're becoming more and more leptin resistant. So we're nutrient deficient because the body's looking for the nutrients it needs from that meal, but can't find them because guess what? There are none, right? Mm-hmm. 
So it sends messages to the brain saying, can't find what I need. You need to give me more, right? So leptin, so is, the, le leptin is the satiation hormone, right? That's the, that's the hormone that lets you know you're full, right? Exactly, exactly. And the problem, if you look at like the vast majority of the foods that make up our supermarket shelves, they've got sugar. Which, which, which damages that leptin cycle so that you don't know that you, right? Isn't that, is yes, that correct? Yes. And, the, and, and forces us to become more and more insulin resistant because when we eat sugars and, and high carby foods like that, the body's forced to produce more and more insulin to get the sugar out of our blood supply, right? There's nowhere else for that sugar to go except into our fat stores. So we become more and more insulin resistant and leptin resistant. And then we've got chronic disease you know, just waiting to happen. We also actually need to be careful of not only those allergen foods, but other, other food, foods or drinks that, that, uh, that cause that stress response in the body. So sugar obviously is a huge one, but caffeine, we just need to be careful of too. Some people deal with it better than others. Right. And that's because of the, the stress response, stress hormone response. So cortisol and norepinephrine. So we just need to be careful of that too, because that uh, that's pretty destructive on the gut. Well, if we could just honestly get rid of half the, you know, probably 85% of all the drinks that people purchase and drink, they'd be oh, so much gosh. healthier. I mean, it's oh. crazy how much they drink the soda and how much they drink the diet soda, which we all know isn't beneficial. So, now you have all the energy drinks and all those things, and they're just so yeah. harmful. It's so bad. So bad. I know I try to get my clients onto, you know, um, like you can get sort of superfood effervescent tablets to pop in your water or right. you know put lemon in your water or drink you know detox teas during the day or kombuchas that kind of thing uh, because you're right the sodas and even worse the diet sodas they're so destructive for the microbiome and hence for you know what um there was like a couple of months that shane and i we put on a glucose monitor and you could really see like how do you do that these... with your clients do you have you done that with your clients no, it's no. actually one of the best things to do. It yeah. is awesome because it totally makes you realize, you know, like a simple example, she had, she had a, tell me what you had that really spiked at that one time. It was, oh, the rice cracker. It was not, it was oh, the puffed yeah. rice crackers. It was from the garden of Eden ones or something like that. They're supposed to have the rice and then the peas and the beets. And so you the, think of healthy, right? You think healthy, uh -huh. but we had been, it was, um, I think we had been, she was really hungry. We'd been was, out. So yeah. She, and I would have been painting all day and whatever. So it, automatically my body was in a stress mode. We hadn't eaten in a while. And so I just ate some of those and I was like, she dipped it in salsa or something. Like yeah. That. Salsa. It just went right up. Well, um, another time I had it with hummus and I had mm -hmm. it with avocado. I had things that were <laughs> complimenting it. And, and it was really interesting because when I had it with just like the salsa and things like that, it went up to like 192. And right. then when I had it another time, when I had it with just, um, the avocado and, hummus and, and yeah, like that fats. then it really lowered it. You know, I think it only got up to, which is still a little bit higher, but a hundred, like 124 or something like that. Yeah. And but, it is yeah. amazing. Like you can really start to see. You play with that and you're like, wow. And you, you learn how to kind of just, well, if I have nuts with this or I have something fatty yeah. or if I have that, it totally keeps my blood sugar intact. So yeah, recommend so, it. And that, it's awesome. Yeah, that's really, that's really important. And that's something I help clients with a lot is how do we get the overall glycemic load Absolutely. measure 
write the overall carbohydrate measure of this snack or meal down. And that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. You've got to add good fats and good proteins. Um, I mean, I would recommend for people to keep it as, as uh, low carb, but nutritious carb as possible. Um, and then obviously with all the good fats and, and moderate good proteins. But the reason I say low carb, but nutritious carb, if you think about what our carbs are, and I would love to redefine carbs because carbs <laughs> are put into one, one right, huge, right. they're put into one huge bucket and people are terrified of them. But actually we really need good carbs in the form of fruit, vegetables, the carbs in nuts and seeds, right? We need those foods because they're the most fibrous foods uh, out there and we and they're also the most alkaline right so when i say alkaline if you remember we were talking about inflammation so acidic foods create inflammation so acidic foods would be your sugars your refined processed foods you know meats you know foods like that whereas your alkaline foods are your fruit your vegetables your lemon water you know most of the nuts and seeds those kind of things so we need more of those alkaline foods in order to reduce the acidity and hence reduce the inflammation, right? And so I, I love I love that point about um, balancing the the carb with the with the protein and fat, because I think if we can keep the overall glycemic load or the overall carb as low as we can, what we're doing is we're triggering our body to become more fat adapted or we're re-educating our body to become more fat adapted rather than carbohydrate dependent, like in our hunter-gatherer days. Right. So like back to being chased by the wild animal again. So they, they, they could go for ages without eating, right? Of course, we can't go from one meal to the next snack to the next meal without feeling dizzy and sick, right? But they can go for days and that's because naturally the body is built to to burn existing fat resources to produce ketones for fuel when we need fuel we weren't built to rely on the next influx of carbs right, right. for for fuel and and that's what creates a lot of the inflammatory issues physical and and obviously neurological mental emotional because we know it's a two-way street um so if we can if we can re-educate the body to become more fat adapted like that by keeping those refined processed sugary carby foods to a minimum then it's like it's like we're a tesla burning you know efficient fuel rather than an old volkswagen kind of thing right it, that's that's how we're the body was built you know to to work efficiently and not to, and not to burn dirty fuel See, and I think um, that's what's the benefit of be, of working with someone such as yourself. That's that's the you know the functional side of things, because I'll tell you, there's a lot of nutritionists, dietitians who you know they 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 think they they know all this stuff, and yet it's like um, you're still following that stupid pyramid, you know that that doesn't make sense. That's completely wrong. But that's kind of their education, right? You know, it's yeah. like it's like the American Diabetic Association. You know, the, the yeah. stuff that they pr promote and stuff. It's just wrong. And yeah. it's really sad that all these organizations and the schooling that really comes in, they're just not being trained properly and taught properly. No, no. And, that, and that brings up a great point. So behind me is, is my circle of life. So, so you, you mentioned the functional approach. So just to explain that a little bit to people who don't really understand what that means. So I believe that uh, we've got to look not only at food, but at everything else that 
creates health or that nourishes us. So I look at the food we eat as secondary foods and everything else that nourishes us are our primary foods. And so our primary foods, by our primary foods, I mean stress management, sleep, exercise, healthy home environment, positive relationships, career fulfillment, passion fulfillment, spirituality, joy, like all of these things. Because if we have voids in those areas of our lives, guess where we gravitate towards to fill the gap, to fill the void, right? Food, alcohol, drugs, or other addictive behaviors, right? Okay, those issues didn't stem from just an addiction or just a food issue or just a whatever. We're trying to fill a gap somewhere because something else is wrong, right? Something else is missing, okay? So when you look at like the gut-brain connection, that's why the primary foods are so important. If we're not managing stress properly, like we, we've always known that stress goes like, if we have negative feeling, negative emotions, stressy emotion, whatever, like in our heads, it goes down to the gut and we feel sick to the stomach or we have that, you know, that nauseous feeling or we've got to go to the bathroom a million times. Actually, that bathroom issue with stress, the connection is peristalsis. So peristalsis is what the speed with which food moves through your system. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if we if we have these stressy, you know, like like before, a, I don't know, a big presentation or something like that, you feel stressed and you've got to go to the bathroom. It's because the, the peristalsis is moving quicker. So your, your digestive system is, is churning the food out quicker. But anyway, um, so we've known that it goes that way. Okay, but now we know it's a two-way street, right? Via the vagus nerve between the gut and the brain. Mm -hmm. So if we have issues in our gut, like, um, you know, gas bloating, diarrhea, constipation, IBS, IBD, any of these kind of things, then we are so much more likely to have neurological issues. Anything mild from brain fog, stress, anxiety, you know, mild depression to more, and it can develop into more chronic issues like chronic depression, Alzheimer's, dementia, like other, other neurological issues, if we don't fix it from the root source, which is the gut, right? In, in fact, studies show that people who take probiotics, right? Uh, because obviously there's a there's a connection between you know gut issues and, and depression people who take probiotics um are more likely to uh relieve their symptoms of depression than people who don't well and they, that's even see that's even kind of a crazy thing because you know you can get caught up like say the probiotics but there's a lot of probiotics that are pretty much garbage you know, yes. they just don't get to where they need to be gotten to and they don't, you know, yeah. they don't, they don't manage well with the other bacteria. So there's just, there's so many things. And that's why it's so important to, to, to come to things like our conference. So you can really get yeah. educated and, and learn stuff from people and, and understand the whole yeah. idea of, Hey, there's more to this. It's not just a, you know, like we can say, Hey, what are the five things you should do? Well, there's really 50, right. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. that kind of, you know, and that kind of thing, because, but to just, you know, if you just, if, I always tell people, I love Costco, but if you're buying your nutritional supplements and things of that nature, you're getting crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, Costco takes a yeah. lot of my money, but I don't buy my, I don't buy my nutrients no. stuff there because no. you know, they're mass produced. They're not, they don't, not the same quality, yeah. you know, a little bunch of fillers and everything else. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And that raises a really good point. I believe in supplements for supplemental purposes only. The more, the more of these nutrients that we that we can get for the microbiome through whole natural right, as it was put on the planet for us to enjoy, then then the more um, uh, the easier it's going to be to uh, to, be, to be absorbed by the body because those those foods were put on the planet in that form for a reason, right? Because they all the nutrients rely on each other for maximum absorption. Um, so like those probiotics, for example, yes, I always recommend a good probiotic to my clients, but also having like incorporating foods like sprouts or microgreens, pretty much most days, kombucha, like fermented vegetables, sauerkraut. We're huge on fermented vegetables and stuff. Yeah, all of and that. And it's easy. You can do it yourself. I mean, we have videos on our, on our, on the website of how you can make your own fermented vegetables, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Because then you're getting the whole plethora of um, of good bacteria that your body needs. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some other ways you feel that we can change in order to heal? I mean, you've cut, you've, you've said a few things. What are some other ways do you think that we can heal? Um, well, I think the big focus has got to be on, um, I think it's a the healing the gut is a three-step process. Number one, to avoid as much as we can those allergen foods or those foods that we know are causing problems, right? The gluten, refined grains, sugar, artificial sweeteners, uh, pasteurized cow's dairy, inflammatory oils, okay? But we need to replace them with something, okay? We need to replace them with uh, good quality proteins, okay? So so meat and eggs from grass-fed, organic, free-range sources, right? Nothing nothing from factory-raised animals because all we're getting there are antibiotics and hormones. Basically, whatever that animal was pumped with, that's what we're putting into our bodies. And it wrecks havoc with our endocrine system. By the way, actually, something that we didn't mention, just as a side note, that second brain is now known as an endocrine system (laughs) because... Guess where 95% of our serotonin, our happy hormone is produced? Right. right? We used to think it was the brain. It's not, it's the gut. Mm -hmm. So if our serotonin and dopamine, our happy hormones are produced in the gut and we don't have a healthy uh, population going on in there, how, no wonder we're depressed. No wonder we can't deal with, you know, daily stressors. No wonder anything triggers anxiety, right? Because we we're just not, we're not producing the hormones we need. And also that microbiome controls our, um, our stress hormones, right? Our cortisol and norepinephrine. Anyway, um, just because you mentioned endocrine systems there, or we mentioned mm-hmm. endocrine systems. Okay, so good meats, wild, organic, free range as much as possible. Okay, we're getting great omega-3s, uh, omega-3 you know, healing fats from, from those meats. Um, other, other good proteins, nuts and seeds, wild fish, um, you know, those kind of foods, right? We need, we need protein for, for our healing. Um, good fats, lots of good fats. Okay. We're terrified of fat. Fat makes us fat. Okay. Well, it still goes back to that 25 years ago, everything was fat free, cholesterol free. free, And, and it's like, uh, we all got sicker and we all got fatter. What was the problem? That was probably the worst thing we could have done to our food supply. So when we took out the fat, we had to replace it with something for flavor, right? So they so, yeah, because it takes like cardboard, so I don't put sugar in it. Right. Sugar and artificial sweeteners. Right. Now, let's look at how the body reacts to food. 
Okay, so we, we talked before about how sugar and uh, higher refined uh, carbohydrates trigger a blood sugar response, mm -hmm. hence trigger an insulin response, hence uh, weight gain. An inflammatory uh, response. <laughs> an inflammatory, inflammatory response because the insulin response triggers a cortisol response, remember? Right stress hormone because the body's like oh i don't know what this is this is a threat i've got to protect you from it boom so um so if if our uh carbohydrates are triggering that kind of response and protein taken in excess also triggers an insulin response but guess what fat particularly good fats do not right good yeah, fat have a minimal, minimal insulin response. Yeah. So if any. If, if any, so if inflammation and weight gain and chronic disease and all of these things are being caused by this insulin and cortisol trigger, then what do we need to do to heal? We need to get the carb right down and we need to increase our good fats. And that probably yeah. sounds a lot. Like keto. Yeah. Ups we need the downs, the ups, the downs. Exactly. We don't need that roller coaster. We don't want that roller coaster thing going on because that's disease, that's illness, right? So we need to keep insulin nice and mellow, nice and stable. And we do that by incorporating a lot of good fats. Okay. One thing we noticed that when we were on that glucose monitor is that, you know, we got on it and then we got off of it a little bit and then we got back on it. And mm -hmm. we noticed that you know, when we were on it the first time we got our blood sugar levels pretty good. Cause we can, you can kind of see what's you can going just, on. You might through your phone, right? You know what we're talking about. You just kind of do, you just kind of yeah. touch it and it tells you exactly what your blood sugar is, you know, so you can yeah. do it before you eat, after you eat, an hour after you eat. all that kind of, And so it's really cool to kind of monitor and pay attention. Yeah. To but it. what we noticed is that when we went, when we were off of it for a little bit, went back onto it, our spikes were going so much like quicker and higher and up and down. And because we weren't being as good, I guess you would say when we were on it. And mm -hmm. so by then taking that break and then getting back on it, all of a sudden we noticed that it was going up and down. And what yeah. you're talking about is we need to get it. So it's even, well, if we yeah. are constantly um, thinking about, okay, how can we do this? Because it's really easy to get out of the, uh, you know, out of the routine from doing healthy it. is not fast, right? <laughs> you know, healthy is not fast. And so the problem that gets people off of their diets or, and I hate the word diet, but off of their good, clean eating is yeah. all of a sudden they're in a hurry to get to work or they're in a hurry to go yeah. somewhere and they just need to eat something. You, it's very hard to eat healthy fast. So that's, that's one of the things, one of the main things I help my clients with, because let's face it, everybody's crazy busy these days, yeah. right? Between work and kids and everything. So I help them come up with quick and easy go-tos nice. that are not, that are going to fuel their health mm -hmm. and not, not create. And you damage. just have to prepare, right? It's all about being prepared. That's the kind yeah, of. Thing. Yeah. But you know what? We're kind of lucky in a way that we live in a time where we've got some really great options right now. People just need to know what to look for and where to look for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. So, well, we want to we want to thank you for being on our podcast. It's been awesome uh -huh. talking with you and getting. I hope people are able to learn some stuff and get some information. So, Sinead's going to be one of our speakers at our conference again. That's April twenty second and twenty third. She'll also have a booth there, so you can come up and ask her any questions. Say, hey, I saw you on the podcast. I have a question about this, so talk to her about that. But is there anything else you want? Yeah, to wasn't there like a, a discount or something you were going to offer for somebody oh, yeah. that comes in for the first time or? 
Yeah, sure. So, so anybody who um, who reaches out to me through through you guys, um, I'm happy to to offer them a free um, 30 minute initial consultation. Oh, nice. Thank you. Where we can start to get to the bottom of what your particular symptoms are and what we can do about it. Because it's always you, just you, that first step. So, thanks for making that first step easy for somebody. Uh huh. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like. You know, it's it's a step by step approach. We didn't we didn't create these issues, um, but the good news is we can heal them, or the vast majority of them. Uh, it just takes a little time and knowing exactly what what to do with the body. So if I can help anyone in any way, just please reach out. My website is shenaidirwin.com. U R W I N. And, You're gonna have um, to spell the Sinead because it doesn't spell. Oh yeah. it. <laughs> I guess I guess I just take that bit for granted. S I N E A D urwin.com all right and do you want to give a phone number as well sure it's 646-853-5477 that way you know she's a transplant to utah yeah <laughs> i kept my manhattan number <laughs> although i'm thinking maybe an 801 might be the best because 646 is generally telemarketing or something isn't it so i think yeah I well she yeah. seems like everything's no marketing now isn't it they get <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, thank you, Sinead, for being on with us. It's been an honor to be able to hear you and your wisdom and be able to teach our audience about what functional nutritionist is and how it can bless their life. So thank you. And we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Thank you so much, Shane. It was a pleasure. See you at the conference. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. The more knowledge you have, the more you will be empowered to make the changes in your life. And because of this, your life will be elevated. Your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your current health care provider is not meeting your health care goals, it is time to take control of your health. If you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, please like, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Together, let's take back our health.